Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're in a series called Hear His Voice, and this is going to be the last one until the next time we look at it. <laughs> next week, I'm starting a new series called Forgiveness. And, and I, I, I have some great, the Lord's already started dealing with me about some great things on forgiveness. And the first thing we're going to look at in that series, and I'm not going to teach it, um, but we're going to look at how, how forgiving the Father is. Do you know, do you know that the Lord is, is not even mad at you? Did you know the scripture says that Jesus satisfied God's wrath? Now, how many have eaten a good meal before and you get satisfied? How many got oversatisfied? You just <laughs> ate a little too much, right? <laughs> okay. But how many have eaten a good meal before and you got satisfied? In other words, you didn't, need to, you didn't need to eat anymore, right? So right now, we're in a dispensation of time called the dispensation of grace, we could call it. Some people call it the church age, the age of grace. There's, there's a lot of different names for it. But we're in a dispensation of time where God is extending grace base and mercy based on the, the price that Jesus paid for all of humanity's sins. Now, I'm not saying that everybody goes to heaven when they die, because obviously you have to receive Jesus, right? But right now, you and I are in a dispensation of time where we're not under the law, Amen? Isn't that good news? Aren't you glad you're not under the law? It, sometimes people don't understand what that means, but basically it means you're rewarded or God's grace would be extended to you based on your performance. Well, Jesus performed on our behalf under the law, took the punishment where we would have failed and did fail, and then released to us not the penalty of our sin, but the payment for our sin. So in other words, he took my guilt and I got his righteousness. Isn't that great news? And so we're going to talk about forgiveness. And God's default is not judgment. Did you know that? It's forgiveness. It's mercy. In fact, he says mercy triumphs over judgment. So am I the only one in the room that's ever made a mistake? <laughs> So what we're going to look at, though, and it will increase your faith, as, as all the words should and does, it gives faith and increases or strengthens faith, I should say. But what we're going to look at is that actually your spiritual growth is only hindered by your inability to receive from the Lord. I'll say it this way, and I'll leave it here, and it's going to mess with you, but you're just going to have to come next week to get the answer. My sin does not change God's character. So God is who he is, whether I do right or wrong. So God's not dealing with me based on my performance. He's dealing with me based on his character, which will free you. And it'll actually, people say, well, you're, you're, you're going to help people sin more. No, no, no. Love is more empowering than fear. Faith is more empowering than fear. And so we're going to look at forgiveness. And then it's going to be great because we're all going to forgive the people that we haven't forgiven. 
because we've been forgiven of so much. We're just going to be like so full of just ecstatic joy over the fact that we've been forgiven of so much. We're going to turn around and go, your debt's canceled, your debt's canceled, your debt's canceled, your debt's canceled. I don't care what you did. It's gone. I don't even think about it anymore. And then you know what will happen. Your body will actually start functioning where it wasn't right before. Healing will just manifest itself. Amen? I love the subject of forgiveness. I'm so glad I've been forgiven of so much and I'm cleansed and God doesn't deal with me. He deals with me according to Jesus' perfection. I'm so grateful because if he dealt with me based on my performance, I wouldn't be here this morning. So you, some of you might know this, some of you probably don't know, but I just turned 47 yesterday. Yeah, I know, right? I always love the claps. It's like, way to go, you made it that far, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. I'm just teasing. We didn't think you were going to make it that long. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I've been saved now. In two years, I'll be, have been saved and walking with the Lord for 30 years. Now, if you would have met me when I was 19 and you were saved, and I was not saved, <laughs> You, people looked at me, in fact, people warned, I started dating Heidi, and there were other Christians after I first got saved, and they said, get Heidi away from him, <laughs> right? And understandably, like, they had a legitimate reason to say that, okay? But you wouldn't have looked at me and thought, 30 years from now, he's going to be pastoring a church. You wouldn't have. But I found out God loved me. And he forgave me. And I grabbed onto that and I've never let go of it. And I'm just going to keep going for the next 60 to, the, to 60 years. You know what I mean? Another 30 years here. Let's see. That'll put me at what? 77? Oh, no. I got to go further than that. I got to go another 40, you know, 50. Look, uh, Paul finished his race at 69. Maybe I'll make a goal. You know, <laughs> When you're eternally minded, these things are easier to deal with. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, I, I'm going to continue to flow that way and think that way because that's who God is. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's kind. Do you know why God's against sin? Not because it hurts him, because it hurts you. Now, by default, it hurts you, then it hurts, right? But again, my sin doesn't affect his character. He's still God. He never lets anything evil into him, right? It's impossible. If, if any evil ever came out of God, the whole, everything would fall apart. We would fall apart on a molecular level. Because we're, everything is held together by the power of his word. And the only way that word has power to do that is it has no sin in it. There's no darkness in it at all. He's all light all the time. Have you ever seen, uh, you know, there'd be channels where it's 24 hours a day cartoons? Have you ever seen those channels? Or different ones, westerns, right? How many like good westerns? I like good, all the guys. The girls are like, I don't know. Hallmark, does that register with you? That doesn't do much for me. Okay, so <clears throat> whatever it is, whatever you like, but 24 hours, well, God, 24 hours a day is light. He's righteousness, goodness, peace, 
love, mercy just emanates out of him 24-7. And, it's, he, and he's been doing that since he started time because he was before time. 24 hours, just, he just emanates life and goodness. I like serving a God like that. It makes me, it brings peace to you, you know? So we're gonna talk about forgiveness, but we need to wrap up in hearing the voice of our shepherd, uh, hearing his voice. And I just, I'm gonna share a couple of thoughts here. And you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter number th- four. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're gonna uh, begin there. But I just wanna share a couple of things before we get into that. Just a, on, there's been 10 other parts to this series. And they're all available on the website, which is faithfamilybillings.com, or on YouTube at FFC Billings 509. We have a YouTube channel, and you can uh, subscribe there. It'll let you know when we go live, all that fun stuff. But we've talked about several different things. We talked about the importance of the Lord's pruning in our lives. We talked about, uh, in the second message, uh, the voice of our shepherd and the voice of strangers. And we discovered the details concerning both of those from John chapter 10. Then we looked at, uh, we, we went into examples of stranger voices in our lives. In other words, ways that the enemy tries to talk to us through circumstances and people around us. We looked at several different passages and gave different examples. And obviously, it wasn't all of them. You couldn't give all of them, I don't think, unless you wanted to continue with the series forever. But we looked at an example in John 21 concerning the life of Peter. Peter allowed the stranger voice of curiosity about the call and purpose of John to lead him in a direction that the Lord did not want him to go. When Peter asked Jesus about John, Jesus' response was, what is that to you? And this is a good question for us to apply to our lives as well. In other words, when you get overly curious about somebody else's life, you should go, what is that to me? I need to focus on what I'm supposed to do. How many know if you got an issue and you got issues in your life or you got, as the scripture would say, planks in your eyes, you shouldn't be worrying about the splinters in someone else's. Amen? That can be a big problem if you're not careful. We also looked at uh, how zeal for God can be a stranger voice. Acts chapter 16, verse 6 through 10, you know, zeal can be a good thing, but it can be a bad thing. Paul actually had zeal for God, and the scripture tells us that he tried to go preach in certain places, and the Holy Spirit told him, no, don't go there. And we broke down and looked at how Paul skipped those places, but yet Peter and John went to those places later. So sometimes people think, well, there's a person in front of me I'm supposed to preach. Well, yes and no. So yes, in a general sense, we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but you are not. (laughs) You say, what do you mean by that? What I mean is, is that how are you individually going to go preach to everybody? The Great Commission is to everybody and, and everybody to go, but individually to specific areas. Amen? So you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul was being led as he went out. He, what, he tried to go to a place, he was in motion, and the Lord said, nope, you don't go there, you go here. And then he tried to go to another place, and the Lord said, nope, you don't go there, you go here. And then he never told Paul what he was going to do, but later on we see that the Holy Spirit led John and Peter to go to the two places that Paul was not allowed to go. Why? Because God knew they won't receive Paul, but they will receive Peter and John. Isn't God a good fisherman? He knows which rod and bait to pick up at the right time. For all you fisher 
people, fishermen people. Amen? You just may not be somebody's cup of tea. You just may not. So don't take it personally. Just go, okay, Lord, that one's not for me. Bring the laborer that's supposed to be there. Where's mine? Amen? All right. So, and then we looked at, we also discovered that the voice of family can be a stranger voice in our lives. How many can say amen to that? How many think, how many know this, that your family think they know you better than God knows you? Hello. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? I've participated in it. You know what I mean? Well, I think you should do this. You should do this, you know, and you got to get alone with God and find out what he wants you to do. Now, I'm not saying you should fight with your family. Just walk in love with your family and do what God tells you to do. People say, well, my family doesn't believe in me. So what? Walk it out. Prove it. They'll see it if you heard from God. Amen. You, you got you to have a backbone, not a wishbone. Amen. All right. Then we discovered that the world system can be a stranger voice. How many have noticed that? The world system, Paul had a guy working with him, and he, his name was Demas, and we read about this, and we read about it in 2 Timothy 4, 9, and 10, but we read about how Demas abandoned Paul because he loved this present world. In other words, Demas gave up on the ministry with the apostle Paul. Now, I don't know about you, but Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. I think I would want to hang with him if I was called to minister with him. But how many know, even in the midst of all the miracles, everything that he saw, this man saw, he allowed the stranger voice of the world to speak to him. And did you know they had everything in that day that we do today, minus some of the technology? They had sports, they had drugs, they had clubs, they had false religions, they had all the things that are lusts of the world, that are in the world, they were then as they are now. No difference. The only difference is they couldn't carry it with them like we can. Right? I mean, you know, Paul wasn't preaching from a tablet. I mean, not this kind. <laughs> Maybe it was a stone tablet. No, I don't think it was that bad. Yeah, a scroll, yeah. Can you imagine if I got up to preach and I, you know, okay. This is how my mind works. All right, so you got to watch out for stranger voices at times in church family. Now, with all of these things, people have good intention. They're not, their, their intentions are not malicious, right? They're not. But they are not God to you. Now, we're, we're a, you know, we're a spirit-filled church, right? So we believe in all the offices. We don't believe that the apostles have ended, the prophets have ended, all that stuff. We believe that there is a different level of uh, influence that those groups have. So I'll put it to you like this. There are not apostles today like, like the ones that wrote the book. Okay. Should I clarify this? I should probably clarify this. In other words, some people that call themselves apostles think they're adding chapters to the book. No. This is the canon of scripture right here. It's done. It's sealed. Nobody is writing new books. If they are, that's how you get false religions. Okay? So I don't believe there's any apostles today that are writing scripture, but I do believe that there are apostles functioning in planting churches, in building ministries, in governing, in administrative things as far as, as, far as the kingdom of God and advancement. I know Larry Phelan's an apostle. What does he do? 
He'll call me, some, we've talked on the phone many times, this is a friend of mine, if you don't know, but you'll get the point of the story. But anyway, he'll call me sometimes and he'll say, he, one, in some of our conversations at times he said to me, Sean, I know how to get to a, a church, get a church to 200 people. And I said, oh yeah, how's that? He goes, I leave. <laughs> now, now, Paul did this. Paul planted churches, but did he stay? He just stayed long enough to establish pastoral ministry, and then he would leave. Now, that's still going on, but nobody is writing canon today. Nobody's writing scripture today, and if they are, if you're listening to somebody who says they are, you need to shut them off and burn it. Uh, maybe just shut them off. Okay, just unsubscribe. We'll just see that. Don't follow them in here, okay? So the, the prophets today, it's the same thing. The prophets today do not lead the people like they did in the Old Testament, I'm going to say it again. I want you to listen and I want you to think about it. The prophetic ministry today does not lead the church like they did in the Old Testament. Do you know why that is? Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Now, the prophetic ministry is still valid, but Everything in the prophetic ministry, according to scripture in the book of Corinthians, according to scripture, is to be judged by you individually. Amen. Well, I really felt a lot when they gave me that word and I had goosebumps double parked and I was crying and I shook all over. What does that matter? Take it back to the word and take it back to your prayer closet. How I feel when somebody ministers to me is not the determining factor of whether it was right or not. Okay, I gotta say it again. How I feel when somebody ministers to me is not the determining factor of whether it is right or wrong. I need to go back to the prayer closet, I need to go back to the written word of God, and I need to go, Lord, is this right? Is this my call? Am I supposed to go this direction? Why? Most people, we're not off subject here. You got to watch the stranger voice in church family. That's what we're talking about. Most people are not malicious when they're giving something. They're not trying to hoodwink you into giving them, into them, or into you giving them all, all your money. Right? They're not trying to rob you. They're trying to be led by the spirit of God, but, and that's okay. That's part of the gifts. But I still have to what? judge what's being said what i hear and judging that is not is not being evil to the person if they're really fellowshipping with the lord and they're really in relationship with the lord if they're a good prophetic voice they'll look at you and say now don't just take that because i said it take it home and judge what i said amen so there are voices speaking to us right and then the, uh, and that was the, that wasn't the last one we looked at. The last one we looked at was the stranger voice of our soul and flesh or personal desire. How many know you can have a desire operating in you that God does, is not, didn't give you to, to operate in? How many have noticed that your flesh doesn't want to stay saved? <laughs> right? People say, well, I have no problem with my flesh. You want to do an experiment with them. You want to set up a chair and slap them across the face real hard and go, tell me how you feel. <laughs> right? You want to say, tell me what voice is speaking right now the loudest. You know? 
What's, what, my flesh and your flesh is the same. It's, it isn't redeemed yet. Now it's redeemed in the sense of that the price has been paid, but the manifestation has not happened yet, right? Because the, the physical death is the last enemy that will be put underfoot. Okay, we know that from scripture. That's easy to figure out. So our, we have desires that we have to watch in our own soul and in our flesh. Voices that will speak to us and say, you know, uh, for whatever reason, to try and step outside the character of the fruit of the spirit and walk into something that is not for us. God didn't desire it for us. So the last point I want to look at this morning is this. We need to test the voices and develop sensitivity to God. So this would be the cap on the end of this series. We need to test the voices that we hear and then develop sensitivity to God. So how do we do this? You're in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 3. Paul said this, but even if our gospel is veiled, which means to hide, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds, and that has to do with perception, the God of this age has blinded. So... It goes on to say this, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So why do we need to test voices? Because we have an adversary. It's that simple. Don't complicate it. You, you have a devil that's against you. Now, sometimes people think that Satan's like following him around, you know, and he's got the red suit with the pitchfork and the horns. Think more in terms of the spirit of Antichrist operating in the system. Have you ever watched the news and you went, that ain't right? Have you ever watched a movie or a TV show and you went, ah, Antichrist spirit? The longer you walk with the Lord, the more you'll go, ah, I hear it. You'll, you'll recognize your shepherd's voice and then you'll recognize the stranger voices. So if you want to heighten your sensitivity, you need to be more, spend more time with the Father, right? Spend more time there. And we're going to look at things that will, keys in scripture that will help you with that. But when you test voices, you need to realize there's two forces operating in the earth. And how many know that Adam sold us out? He did. Now, here's the thing. We all would have sold out. You know, sometimes I used to think it was unfair, right? I'm like, Lord, just put me back there. How many of you have ever thought, is it just me? I just think this way. It's pride. <laughs> just by saying that, I'm like admitting that I would have missed it. You know what I mean? Back there. Okay. So... But, but I, Lord, put me back. But then the Lord said to me, he said, Sean, he said, it's not unfair that it happened that way. And I said, what do you mean? He said, because I redeemed everybody through one man as well. Aha. In other words, because it happened that way, he could redeem us this way. He knew before the enemy ever did what he did and Adam did what he did, that he would have a way out. I'll put it to you like this. The scripture says Christ is the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. In other words, God knew and he already planned to redeem us. Amen? Isn't that good news? It's really good news. Okay, so the enemy tries to blind us. He, so we need to test voices because we have an adversary and we live in a fallen world. The enemy is called the God of this world, which means that the world system is functioning under the influence of the father of lies. 
The enemy uses deception to hide the truth from the lost, but also to hide or veil the truth from believers. The enemy uses deception to get believers off course. Deception is something that gives a false impression by appearance, statement, or influence, which is what? A stranger voice. A stranger voice. A stranger voice could be as simple as, well, they hurt you, you should, you should snub them. In other words, it, it, deception does what? It gives an appearance, it gives a false impression by appearance, by appearance, statement, or influence. That's what deception is. Have you ever heard of a smoke screen? Actually, the word deception or that word hide uh, or blinded, the word blinded in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, 4, 4, it actually means smoke in the Greek. In other words, something is causing your vision not to be clear. How many have been by a campfire? And they say, you know, smoke follows beauty and you must be the most beautiful thing on the planet because everywhere you sit around that campfire, what comes to you? The smoke, yeah, right? But what does that smoke do? Does it inhibit how you see things? That's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to get you to see things through the lens of deception or a lie where God is saying, my truth will bring you to freedom because it's complete clarity. Amen? All right. So how do we test the voices? All right, we're to test voices. So how do we test them? Uh, we test them with the scripture. John chapter eight, verse 32 says this, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall what? Make you free. So knowing the truth is a vital part of discerning between the voice of a stranger and the voice of, a shepherd, of, the she of our shepherd. The best way to catch a counterfeit is to study the real, right? Know the real thing so well that you immediately recognize the false. Know the real thing so well that you immediately recognize the false. Now you gotta, this, this needs to be taken seriously because I don't know if you've recognized this. How many have been saved for like, you know, 20 years? All right, so a lot of you, all right? You've been saved for 20 years. How many, the longer you've walked with the Lord, you get down the road and you go, you see something in scripture and you go, oh, that's why I've been struggling in that area. Do you see it? In other words, you need to know the real so well that the counterfeit comes up and you go, uh. So I was a server in Tulsa, Oklahoma when I went to Bible school. And you know what people would try to pay with? Fake $50 bills. Usually you could tell, like if you drop the bill off and you come back and there's a 50 there and it's, there's no change or anything and the person's gone, you know, this is fake. I'm about to lose 50 bucks out of my money, right? How many have worked on tips before you've had that happen? I've had that happen. All right. So usually, you know, but there's a way to test those. And after a while, you can just tell by feeling it. This one's real. This one ain't. How many have done this with the, new, uh, the newer bills? I think it was back then too, but you can hold it up to the light and what's inside those bills? There's that little strip in there, right? I'm not sure what they call it, but anyway, it, you know whether it's real or not and then also what do they have? 
there are markers that they use, right? And they'll mark that bill to see if it's real, especially if it's a $100 bill or a 50 something larger, right? Well, where's your marker? Right here. Hold the voice up to the light and see if you see the truth in it. Okay? Listen, the voice you hear that tells you you're worthless, it's a counterfeit. Because you're worth the blood of Jesus. Amen? All right, all right. That'll help somebody. How else? Well, we test it with scripture. What's another thing that will help us in, in uh, discerning and testing things? Colossians 3.2 says this, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. To set means, in the Greek, it means to fix your affection. So I'm going to fix my affection toward God, not toward things down here. doesn't mean I, I have my head in the clouds and I can't function down here. It means I set my desire toward God, toward things above, toward what he has said about me. What does that help me do? That helps me to test voices and discern and hear from the shepherd, develop sensitivity, right? So it says this, we are to love heavenly things and be engrossed with them. Obeying this passage of scripture is key to being able to discern the difference between the Lord's voice and the stranger voice. And in addition, it is key to cultivating heightened sensitivity to the shepherd's voice. So you're gonna discern between the two and then this will also help you with what? Hearing him quickly. Have you ever been deceived in something and you go down the path and it's like the further you go, you follow that kind of thought or that voice, it's like the worse it got. What do we know? We got off track. A stranger voice is leading us, not God's voice. And so this will help develop sensitivity. All right. What's another way to help us develop sensitivity? How, um, as far as testing the voices and hearing uh, God's voice is by the Holy Spirit. Jude chapter one, verse 20 says this. There's only one chapter in Jude. It says this, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your, founded, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. And the Amplified says it this way, make progress, rise like an edifice higher and higher, doing what? Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the spirit develops sensitivity to the shepherd's voice. Praying in the spirit has a strengthening effect to the faith we receive from the word of God. Now, I'm gonna say what I said in the first service. You don't receive faith by praying for it. You don't receive faith by praying for it. Now, I've had people come up to me, you know, uh, after making statements like that through the years, and they've said to me, well, G the disciples prayed for more faith. But what was Jesus' response to them? Don't just read half the verse. Read the context on what's being said. They came to Jesus and they said, Lord, increase our faith. They were asking him, praying for more faith. He said, if you had faith. <laughs> so what is the Lord telling them? He's saying, what am I gonna increase? You don't have any right? We know from scripture that faith comes by 
hearing. People say, well, I want to strengthen that faith. Hear again. Well, I read it. Well, with that attitude, you ain't going to do nothing. All right? Faith has a particular posture before the Lord, and it's called humility. It doesn't go to the Lord and go, Lord, you said in your word, and it didn't happen. See, rebellion is accusatory toward God. Humility is yielding. It would go to the Lord and say, Lord, you said this in your word, but I'm not living it. Why? Where am I missing it? How many know God's not going to repent? Hello. Come on. God's not going to change. I have to change. You see it? But if I change, I'll align myself with the one who said he came to give me life and life more abundantly. Well, it feels like I'm losing something. You are. Your way for his. That is what repentance is. Amen? Boy, I feel like we could just end on that. That was like really great. That helped me. Thank you for that. <clears throat> okay, one more thing. Sorry, two more things. I don't want to lie. Take time in the presence of the Lord. Luke chapter 6, verse 12. This is Jesus giving us this example, right? It says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to what? Now, let me ask you something. And we'll read the second part first. And he what? Continued. Now, let me ask you something. If Jesus had to put in prayer time, do you think you will? Doesn't that just like almost feel contradictory, this verse? God had to pray. Come on, do you ever think about these things? I think about these things. Because God's way of thinking and doing and talking and, and being, it is so far beyond my ability in here. I need revelation. I need the Holy Spirit to go, see this. Oh, I see it. Now, we know, why did he pray all night? Because he was 100% man and 100% God. We know from Scripture that he emptied himself of the powers of, he didn't empty himself of deity. He emptied himself of all the powers of deity and took on all of humanity, okay? Sometimes people get that confused. I don't know why. Like, there's this continual thing going on in, in Instagram right now, and it's bugging me. I don't know why I'm seeing it, probably because I tend to like things that are faith-based or religious-based or whatever. But they, they keep, people are asking this question, was Jesus God? What? He said, I am. Why is that even a question? It's because people don't read their Bible. They go to churches where they, they hear people preach from a book that was given to them from their denomination and the preacher doesn't even study. Hello, that's dangerous. You should never take anything I say. You should go back and test it. Test it against the word. Why? Because turns out we're responsible before the Lord individually. Amen? So I look at this and I look at this scripture and I go, Wow, he prayed all night. And that's why Paul, I think that's why Paul, you know, he'd make statements like, I pray continually. Now, <clears throat> there are times, and this will help with your sensitivity, 
that you just need to get away. You need to shut off all the other voices. Now pick all the stranger voices we just talked about. Shut them all off. You're saying I I shouldn't just discuss everything with my spouse forever and ever and ever? No. You both separately should get with the Lord and then come back together and you should look at what you got. You know, people have said this to me before and I don't understand this because I don't operate this way. I mean, I understand where it comes from. I just don't know why you allow this thinking to be in you. People will say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. I just, I'm like, wait a minute. The Lord said it would work. You say you did it and you're telling me he didn't do what he said he would do? You know, the scripture says in the Old Testament that the word of the Lord tried Joseph until the time. Do you know this word, we don't try it, it tries. (laughs) Whew, that's good and depressing to your flesh all at once. (laughs) Right? It's like, oh, God, that's awesome. Oh, I'm the one that messed up. Why is that even a question? Well, I would have made it if God would have done what he was supposed to. Try that out on judgment day. You won't even let the words get out of your mouth. You'll go, (laughs) yeah, Lord, you were right. I was wrong. Well, it's just, you know, did that bless you? I mean, that blessed me too. Lastly, practice sobriety. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be what? Sober. You see it there? Be what? Sober. Be sober. Don't be intoxicated. Now, people think, well, are you saying, I'm not just, it's not just talking about drugs and alcohol. People get drunk on a lot of things. Okay, I'll put it to you like this. Intoxication is being overfilled with something that causes your perception to be off. You can be overfilled with anything in this natural world. And listen to me, it it, it may not necessarily be sin. It's true. So how am I gonna know the difference? You gotta hear from your shepherd. How many know God likes us to have fun? He does, he likes us to have fun. He, he, He likes to laugh. He likes to practical joke. People don't think so. But just look at your neighbor. You'll see it's true. All right, so. (laughs) Be encouraged, be encouraged. All right. No, no. You think, look at, I mean, think about all the people in our lives. And don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. He totally has a sense of humor. How many have more than one kid? Don't tell me God doesn't have a sense of humor. He gives them all different personalities. And we're all down here with psychology going, well, it's because they're the first child and the second child. And God's going, what are you talking about? I made them all individuals. You ever notice God, aren't you thankful that there isn't, in the fish world, there isn't dark gray fish, medium gray fish, and light gray fish. God is not cookie cutter. 
He made a duck-billed platypus. What in the world? Well, we got leftover parts from the beaver. And we we got leftover parts from the duck. Just put it together, see what happens. A giraffe. What in the world? What happened with this? Well, we undercooked the body of the horse. We overcooked the neck. And then we undercooked the head. Have you ever watched giraffes fight? Watch it on National Geographic or something. They hit each other with their necks. Whack, whack. I would have loved to been there when he was doing all that. I'd been like, Lord, I got an idea. I'm a, I got an idea. I like to mess with stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with being sober. But you should practice sobriety, right? Practice sobriety. What does that mean? That means be sure to keep yourself sober and attentive to the Lord so that your enemy can't get around you and cause you problems. I I, I pointed this out in the first service, and I want to point it out here. Have you ever noticed that people that aren't sober have a hard time listening? Have you ever been around a real drunk person before? Am I the only one? Some of you are looking at me like I'm strange or something. I don't know what world you came out of, but I've seen them. Okay, how about this? Has everybody seen a drunk person in a movie? Okay, good. Finally, we're getting a few more answers here. (laughs) They don't listen well. That's why this verse is in here. 1 Peter 5.8. If you're sober, you know you can get drunk with fighting family members? Internal fighting. All you talk about, all you rehearse, all you think about is the problems, the problems, the problems, the problems. They did this to me. They did this to me. They did this to me. And then you wonder why you're stressed. Your blood pressure is up. All these things are going on inside of you. You're anxious. You can't eat certain food, whatever, because all of it is causing tension within you because it's a lack of sobriety. The stranger voice of carnality, flesh, and fighting is causing issues within your own person. And what do you need to do? Be sober. You need to shut all that out. Listen to the voice of your father. Cast all your care upon him. Pray for those who hate you and persecute you and move on. Amen. Well, we have this particular group of friends and this one group of friends, man, they just cause so much stress. Don't let the stress in. Well, it's like everywhere they go. Stop hanging out. Hello. People say, well, that's unloving. That's biblical. I don't need extra drama. So I avoid it. Even when, even when people try to suck me in, I'm like, nope. 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 Now, I'm not perfect at it, but I'm getting really good. You know what I mean? To where people think, well, you don't care. Actually, I care more than you do. Because I'm going to deal with this in faith and in the spirit. And I'm not going to get all into the minutiae of who hurt who. I got an answer for you. 
we all did and everybody else did too. In other words, nobody's innocent. Nobody is innocent. Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, Joy. <laughs> I want to give people an opportunity to receive Jesus if you haven't. I know we have people watching online as well. I never like to assume everybody's saved because that's dangerous. I t I've shared this story before. Um, years ago, I, I came home from uh, Ramah, and we had a family reunion and, uh, with Heidi's family, and uh, Heidi's cousin was there. It's your cousin, right? Yeah. And uh, he got to talking to me and sharing with me about uh, he knew I was in Bible college and stuff like that, sharing with me about his life and different things like that. He had been, he got in a lot of trouble as a drug dealer and different things like that. And he wanted to get back to God. He just had that sense in him. I didn't even preach to him. I just, you know, live in my life and he knew where I was at. So I, uh, I said, well, yeah, you can get right with God. You can receive Jesus right now. Well, he had told me he wanted to go smoke a cigarette, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, I'll go out with you and we can pray. So he smoked a cigarette and we prayed. And he gave his heart to the Lord. He died six months later. That's a close call. But he had to get his life right with Jesus. And the Lord knew it and he was pressing on him. Now he got himself into a lot of trouble. I don't understand all the details. I just know that he ended up, he was riding a motorcycle and hit a deer, I think is what it was. He hit an animal and he ended up dying. But I'm so thankful I was in the right place at the right time. And I went to the funeral. Don't you think his dad was happy to see me? Because his dad had been praying for him for years. And he, when he saw me, he came up to me, he's like, thank you so much. Why? Sure, he's sad because he lost his son, but what does he know? I'm going to him. Woo, this is gonna be a big family reunion one day. I'm gonna go into heaven and I bet Tony will be waiting for me. I'm gonna go find him. Say, hey, you wanna go ride motorcycles? <laughs> we can't die up here. You know what I mean? It's great. And we won't care. There's no oversensitive people in heaven. Right? So I wanna give you that opportunity. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We know this from scripture, scripture that God loves us and does not want us to perish. The Bible says in John 3, 16 and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. We know this, that all people have sinned and sin is what causes separation from God. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that heaven is a free gift. You can't earn it or deserve it. From Romans 6.23, we see that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We also know this, that God wanted us to be brought back into relationship with him. Romans 5, 8, and 9 says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood, we've been saved from wrath through him. We receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with your heart, the individual's heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. You can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I would like you to raise your hand so that I can pray with you. If there's anybody in the room that you want to give your heart to the Lord or maybe rededicate your, your life to the Lord, you can raise your hand where you're at. I'll acknowledge you. Yes, thank you. Is there anybody else? And then also those online. If you're online and watching, we have people watching online. If you'd like to receive the Lord, you can just put up the hand emoji and put yes in the comments. And then we'll get in contact with you and get you uh, a new believers packet as well. Is there anybody else in the room that would like to join this one that's going to receive the Lord right now? We're all going to pray together in just a second. But I don't want to overlook anybody. Give everybody an opportunity. Okay. I don't see anybody else. So we're going to go ahead and let's pray together, shall we? If you just repeat after me, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son Jesus who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, repent from my sin. I not only receive your gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life, all of my heart. I believe you have accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You also said, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are forgiven. You are born again. So as a minister of the gospel, I tell you, you're on your way to heaven. Your life is secure. So... Don't run off on me. Come see me right afterwards. I got stuff I want to, my altar care team will be here. And we want to, we want to give you some stuff and pray with you. Amen. Did you receive anything? Amen. Well, bless you guys. Have a great week. Don't forget youth group Wednesday night. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.